Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. Happy Easter, everyone, because it is Easter Sunday as we're recording this. So let's get started. The first thing I want to touch on is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, just the other night, they clinched a spot in the postseason by defeating the Clippers in the NBA play-in game. And that's great for them. And that's great for the city. And that's great for the team. Um, because they they haven't been to the, to the playoffs in a while. That's awesome. But many people thought that their celebration was a little over the top. Uh, Patrick Beverly jumping up on the scorer's table. Um flapping his jersey uh, Anthony Edwards lifting up his jersey to the crowd and and all all of this extra stuff saying um, telling telling the Clippers to go home to take their butts home and this kind of stuff and and uh, I thought it was a bit excessive I try my hardest when doing this podcast and when when looking at a sports issue to see both sides and so I'm going to give you both of both sides of that but to me I think it's important to remember for the, for the Timberwolves that even though I know they haven't had a lot of postseason success uh, lately in the past several years, and this is a big deal for their franchise, and they even won the first game of the series uh, against was it was it uh, Memphis? They won the first game of the series against Memphis. That's great, but I think it's important to remember that this was to clinch a spot in the postseason. The, the 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 play-in is not considered the playoffs. So this win clinched him a spot in the playoffs. This win only guaranteed them a series with Memphis. And as many people noted, including Shaquille O'Neal and Charles Barkley, and several players from around the league, you would have thought that the T-Wolves had won the NBA Finals with the way they were celebrating. I have no problem with being excited. I have no problem with showing some emotion in that situation. But it's also important to act like you've been there before. And I know it's been a while, like I said, but act like you've been there before. Act like this is just taking care of business. Now, I know this was an emotional situation for Patrick Beverly because he used to play for the Clippers and he felt like he wasn't being properly appreciated. And so he basically said, pay me or trade me. And they traded him. And he felt a little bit betrayed by that. So I get that this was an emotional game for him and I get his reaction a little bit more. Just a little bit. I still think it was too much. Just a little bit more. But also, the game itself was not about Patrick Beverly. He had seven points. The game was about Anthony Anderson. Or sorry, not Anthony Anderson. That's an actor. The game was about Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, who combined for 59 of the team's 109 points. So, two players... Had um, two players had 59, the rest of the team had 50. Patrick Beverly, who supposedly this was an important game for, was two for eight with seven points. Cat, the leader of the offense, didn't show up. So this game wasn't about Patrick Beverly's vendetta. This game was not about Patrick Beverly's revenge because Patrick Beverly didn't factor in the game which made the celebration all that 
more weird because the win is largely on the shoulders of two players. And yet the whole team is like, we just won the championship, basically. Now it's a team sport. I get it. The other the other 10 players chipped in for 50 points. That's nothing to sneeze at. But st- uh, act like you've been there before. Kyle Kuzma of the Wizards said, Minnesota j- 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 just won the chip. And, you know, the, M- the NBA on TNT guys were like, you know, you'd think they just won the championship. This was this was a a topic. And to me it's important to note and, and I note this a lot in in football and baseball as well. Act like you've been there before. I'm not one to come on here and praise the Yankees. But whenever the Yankees get to the playoffs and they win the wild card series or they win the division series, they they just form the handshake line. You know, they might fist pump once or twice. They form the handshake line. They get out of there because they know their job's not done. And no matter what your seed is in the playoffs, even if you're an eight seed and you're like, we're probably not going to get past the one seed. If if you win a game to get into the playoffs or, or you clench a playoff spot or you clench a division or you or or you win the first round or you win the second round, your job is not done. Your job is not finished. To celebrate like that, it says, we accomplished everything we wanted to accomplish. We're done here. Act like your job's not finished. When it's the Yankees, they form the line, they get out of there. When it's a team that's been there before, they form the line, they get out of there. Now, I know these are the, a lot. this is a young team, and Patrick Beverly is, their, is, is their, one of their veteran leaders. I get it. But... The only time that is, to me, appropriate for an, a, a celebration like that is winning your conference or winning the title. Not a one-off play-in game to get into the postseason as a seven seed. That's not the time. Now, not everybody felt this way. This this issue kind of divided the sports world. J.J. Redick, for one, on his podcast, said the city cared, the players cared, the team cared, and we're going to make fun of that? No one's making fun of, of how much the team cared. We like that they cared. What I think most people have a problem with is how much celebration and how much vitriol there was for a one-game play-in victory that secured them a seven seed against a very good Memphis team. Um, that's what people had a problem with, is not that how much the city cared, because Minnesota is a great sports city. Or, sorry, um, Minneapolis is a great sports city. You know, fans love the Twins, the Vikings, the Wild... The Timberwolves, they love it. And I, and I love a great sports town. I do. And I know that, that the Timberwolves haven't had a lot of success. And that's great for them. But it's important to act like you've been there before. I know that's going to get me in trouble because a lot of people are like, this is what's wrong with sports. You know, the, the traditionalists are trying to, to take away the youth and trying to, trying to not let the kids be kids. No. It, to me, it's just act like you've been there before. Me, and this is going to get me in more trouble. I understand that. But to me, 
when you have a, a, a young rookie or a young second-year player, it's important to me. Not important. That sounds wrong. But I think it's better if that rookie, if that, if that second-year player does not taste success right away. You know? I don't love, you know, the, the, the rookies winning championships their first year. You know? I, it's as important as it is for a player to win a championship... It's important for them also to learn how not to. It's the struggle is part of what makes the victory so good. And for the city of Minneapolis and, and the Timberwolves organization, I get why they were pumped about this victory, even that it was one victory, because that organization has struggled for a while. But it was all over the top to me, and that's my only thing. But I understand the other side of the argument. They care. We shouldn't make fun of how much they care. I understand both, and I'm here to bring you both. My my personal feeling is that it was a little too much. Act like you've been there before. All right, the next thing I want to bring up, it's it's something fun that happened in, in the MLB this week. Um, Quinn Brothers, Taylor and Tyler Rogers, made MLB history on Monday when the San Diego Padres defeated the San Francisco Giants 4-2. to Because Taylor and Tyler Rogers, as I said, are twin brothers. And they're only the 10th set of twins to both play in the, in the major leagues. Even better than that, they're the 5th set of twins to ever play in the same game. And the 1st set of twins since Jose and Ozzy Canseco in 1990. 32 years. 32 years since twin brothers played in the same game. And I think they're the first since... They might be the first set of twins ever to face off against each other in the same game. I might be wrong about that, but I think I heard something about that on SportsCenter this week. I thought it was cool. But they are the fifth to the fifth set of twins to ever appear in the same game. Which I thought was super, super cool for them. Um, Tyler. Yeah, Tyler Rogers appeared for the Giants in the seventh inning, gave up a run. And Taylor was the closer for the Padres, so he got the save against his brother. Well, what I thought was pretty cool, before the game, in a moment that's usually reserved for the for the, the opposing managers, that both managers allowed the Rogers brothers to go out to, to home plate before the game and exchange the lineup card with the umpire, which I thought was, was a super, super cool thing to do. Um, cause that, cause like I said, that's only the 10th time they're, they're only the 10th set of twins to ever both be in the league and the fifth to ever be in the same game. So I think that is super, super cool for them. I always like a little bit of, of, of baseball history like that, that weird, uh, kind of that weird baseball history. If, if Tim Kirkjian, the, the popular, um, MLB analyst had been on had been on that it would have been a Kirk a Kirk Jim 
because it's just one of those things that you don't see every day. You don't see twin brothers facing facing each other in in a major league game, and and we don't see that a lot in sports. Period with with that kind of family members. We've seen fathers and sons with Griffey and Griffey Jr. We've seen brothers with Lonzo and LaMelo Ball in the NBA. We've obviously the the uh, McCourty brothers in football both played for the Patriots. We've seen stuff like that before. And I believe the Cordy, McCourty brothers are twins. So, so something like that has happened in the NFL. But uh, it's not something... That you see every day, so I thought it was really cool. All right. I want to go back to the NBA for just a second and talk about one of the other play-in games, this time in the Eastern Conference. The Cleveland Cavaliers lost to the Atlanta Hawks um, in the final play-in game and got eliminated, and, and the Hawks moved on. The Cavs' loss to the Hawks was a perfect metaphor for the Cavs' season. Cleveland led in that game by as much as 14 and led by 10 at half. And then the second half was all Atlanta. Trey Young had 32 of his 38 in the second half. The Cavs couldn't make a shot. A, a different team came out of the tunnel on both sides. And the Hawks ended up walking away with the game. So the Cavs led big fell apart down the stretch, and now they're going home. This was also the case in the 82-game marathon that was their season. Cleveland started well. On February 11th, they were 35-21. and 21. They were tied for second in the Eastern Conference, one game behind Boston for first and best record in the East. That was February 11th. That was after six. That was after 56 games. After February 11th, the wheels fell off. The Cavs went nine and 17 over their last 26, to fall from the second spot all the way to the seventh spot. And this was something that I had noted while it was happening. I kept I kept seeing the scores on SportsCenter, being like, "Oh, Cleveland lost again. Cleveland lost again." Cleveland lost again. What's going on? So, over their last 26, they went 9 and 17 with the playoffs on the line. To me, they were lucky enough to get it. They they were lucky just to get in. Um to get into the play-in. But as I stated on a previous podcast, the play-in allows for too many teams to get a shot, so they would have to be they would have to been pretty bad not to get into the play-in. Um but in their defense, they they faced some some tough teams in those last twenty six. That was the home stretch. They faced Milwaukee. They faced Brooklyn. They faced Philly twice. Atlanta. So it's not like they were facing the Magic and the Pistons every night for the last twenty six. But still, you're fighting for playoff seating. You're trying to stay in the play in the playoff hunt, and you go nine and seventeen. Your last twenty six. Good luck. So. I, I feel like the, the second half collapse from Cleveland was the perfect metaphor for their season because they fell apart. And 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 I Cleveland has a great core. Evan Mobley, Darius Garland, 
Colin Sexton when he's healthy, Laurie Markkinen. They're going to be good. They're going to be back. But it's clear to me that they need a veteran presence more substantial than Kevin Love. There were a few times in that game where I looked at who who was on the floor and Kevin wasn't out there. Now, Kevin's probably lost a step. He's 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 been relegated to a bench role here and there, but he's a veteran voice. He's a veteran leader. Something that the Cavs don't have a lot of. Jared Allen is is a defensive force out there, but there were times that I was like, "Where is he?" And it wasn't until it wasn't until the end of the game where where the it prompted the announcers to be like, and their starting five is finally back out there. Uh, I think Evan Mobley had to leave the game with some sort of injury. I didn't get uh, I, I I didn't know I didn't see what happened, but he wasn't out there for part of the end of that game. There was a lot of missed free throws. It, it, everything everything seemed to work against the Cavs at the end. And that even happened with the Hawks losing their center, Clint Capella, who is quite a force uh, down low. And so they didn't even have Clint Capella, and they don't know his availability for the series coming up. And so that's going to be an interesting storyline for them. But with all that, with all that happened, for Cleveland to lose the way they did, it made complete sense if you looked at if you looked at their their season 35 and 21 on February 11th 9 and 17 the rest of the way dropped from second to seventh and lost the play-in to Atlanta and they were only in that final play-in I believe because they first lost to Brooklyn so they could have they could have locked up their spot in in the first round of the playoffs that first night they lost to Brooklyn and then they were playing for their lives against Atlanta, who didn't have the best season themselves because they were they were in the um, Eastern Conference Finals the year before, and they then they too were playing for the play-in. So to find themselves, Cleveland had multiple chances despite their nine and seventeen finish to lock up their spot, Brooklyn and Atlanta. Now. Even with their 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 um, seeding, a lot of people said they don't want to face Brooklyn. Brooklyn is still a favorite, one of the favorites to win the East. But they're an eighth seed for a reason. Cleveland had their chance with Brooklyn. They lost. Had their chance with Atlanta. They lost. And they're going home after limping into the into the play-in. I don't want to. I don't want to leave talking about the playing game without giving props to Trey Young. I mentioned earlier that he scored 32 of his 38 in that game in the second half when the team needed him the most. But Trey Young is also the first player since 1973, the first player in almost 50 years. To lead the NBA in total points and total assists in the same season, I wanna I wanna take a minute to to appreciate him for that. Uh, when when I used to do this podcast a few years ago, I used to have this segment called called Emperor of the Week, 
where I would where I would pick basically the MVP of of the sports week and give them a special shout out. So I guess you could you could call that what's happening here. I guess you could call that um I guess you could say that Trey Young is the first emperor of the week in 2022, the first emperor of the week of season 5. So I wanted to give a shout out to him for for not only an incredible performance in a clutch game, but for the great season that he had that nobody's talking about because for the MVP race we're talking about uh Jokic, we're talking about Joel Embiid, we're talking about Giannis. And yet Trey Young led the led the NBA in total points and assists. And he's the first player to do that in almost 50 years. That should get some notice. All right, this was a bit this was a bit of a shorter episode, but that's all I have for you this week on Empire Sports Talk. I am your host, Roman Gennaro. See you next time.